What's up, Dolphin fans? This is Aaron Katzker, and welcome to another episode of the Same Old Dolphin Show. Thank you to Bad Bruno for our opening theme song. We're going to break down and preview uh, the Dolphins' Week 8 matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. But before we do, just wanted to give a quick reminder to rate, subscribe, download all of our podcasts on whatever podcatcher or device that you use. Let us know what you think. We read every single review. We want to make this show as good as possible for you, the listener. And the only way that we can do that is by you giving us your feedback so that we can make this a better show. So, before we dive on in, it is a game day. It is Thursday, October 26th. And the Dolphins, uh, we we neglected to do a, a review show after the the Dolphins' victory last week on Sunday against the Jets, and it was kind of a quick turnaround. So uh, we we were going to do kind of like a preview review kind of combo show, but we couldn't really make it happen this week. And since the game is on Thursday. Uh, we're going to just do kind of like a brief review because at this point we figure everybody's kind of turned the page on last week and everybody's kind of ready for the game that is today. So we're just going to look back. But before we do, it is my co-host's birthday today, Josh Katzker, my brother from the exact same mother, who is not with us on the program today. He is hopefully celebrating his birthday and off to a good start and... Uh, We're going to start the show a little bit differently this week, and we're going to get our This Week in Dolphins history out of the way early, and the reason for that is because This Week in Dolphins history for this week, we're actually looking at three games. Three games that were all played on October 26th over various seasons in Dolphins history, obviously not all in the same season, playing three games in one day would be a tall task for any team, let alone the teams that they're that they'd be facing. The Dolphins have played three games on Josh's birthday in the past. They played a game in 1986 against the Indianapolis Colts, and they won 17 to three. They played a game all the way back in 1969 against the Buffalo Bills, and they won 24 to six. And, most recently, in 2014, the Miami Dolphins played a game on October 26th against the Jacksonville Jaguars and won 27-13. So, on this Josh's birthday, the Dolphins try to keep the streak alive 3-0 in games played on Josh's birthday, whether it's before his birth or not. And I won't tell you exactly what year that is, because uh, Josh would probably get upset if I did that. But the Dolphins will try to make it 4-0 undefeated on Josh's birthday, and that is this week in Dolphins history. So, before we get into the breakdown of this game, we're going to do a little uh, reset, a little review on last week's game, because a lot happened last week for the Miami Dolphins. So the Dolphins took on the New York Jets in a grudge match after losing... Their, their first matchup against the Jets earlier this season in New York. This one was played down here at Hard Rock Stadium, and it did not start well. 
The Jets took the early lead, driving right down the field, getting a long touchdown pass from Josh McCown and taking the early lead. But the Dolphins came right back. And the first half of this game, this game did not play out at all as we expected. And that's kind of been the story of this Dolphins season is that when you expect the Dolphins offense to break out, they can't do anything and it's the defense holding them in it. And when you expect the defense to keep the team in it, it's the offense that breaks out while the defense struggles. And that's what this game was all about for really three quarters. The Jets took the lead 21 to 14. Josh McCown was was darn near perfect in the first half. The Dolphins just have not had an answer for Josh McCown and this Jets offense, this Jets offense which has not been a prolific offense, but for some reason the Dolphins just hadn't been able to stop them and last week it was it was nothing different. Uh the Dolphins struggled. Josh McCown was hitting the deep ball. The Jets got their run game going a little bit. And the Jets found themselves up 21-14 to at the half. Now, should be noted that while the Dolphins trailed going into the half, Jay Cutler was having his best game of the season. He had thrown two touchdown passes in the first half, uh, and the Dolphins' offense was productive. And it this, this game looked like it was going to be a shootout. And it would kind of be a shootout. However... In the third quarter, early in the third quarter, Dolphins' first drive, Jay Cutler gets sacked and immediately holds his midsection, his ribs, his chest. Ends up he's got cracked ribs. He comes out of the game. Matt Moore comes in. And the offense immediately, you know, fans, everybody, this is what you've been waiting for, uh, is for Matt Moore to finally get his opportunity with this offense you know, a large section of the fan base, I don't know if it's a majority or just a very loud minority that wanted to see Matt Moore. They weren't chanting for him in this game because Jay Cutler had been playing so well, but he gets his opportunity opportunity finally because of the Jay Cutler injury and he steps in and it doesn't go so hot. His first, his first two possessions, you get Uh, You know, he takes over for the injury. Kind of hard to, you know, expect a whole lot out of that when you come right in without having warmed up, without having thrown more than just a couple of warm-up passes, and you come right into the midst of a game into the third quarter. Uh, It ends in a punt, and then on his next possession, he throws an interception. The Jets end up scoring on that ensuing possession, and all of a sudden, it is 28-14. However, he does recover, and not only does he recover, he recovers very, very strongly and brings the Dolphins all the way back, leading three scoring drives for the Dolphins to eventually win the game 31-28. to It was aided by a really, really bad interception by Josh McCown with the game tied at 28. Josh McCown, you know, less than a minute left. All the all the Jets really need to do at that point. I mean, the, the ball's deep in their own territory. So while they want to score to to win the game, that's a situation where you still want to be kind of careful with the ball. And Josh McCown misreads the defense and just throws an awful, awful interception. And 
the Dolphins end up getting the ball in field goal range, and Cody Parkey makes the game-winning field goal to put the Dolphins on top as time expires, 31 to 28. And so, as we sit now, the Dolphins four and two, tied with the Bills for second in the AFC East, and right now tied for fourth in the conference with Buffalo. Or no, yeah, tied for fourth in the conference with Buffalo and just ahead of Tennessee and Jacksonville, who are four and three. Right now, the only teams with a better record than the Miami Dolphins in the AFC, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the New England Patriots. And those are your three favorites to get to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. So right now, the Dolphins in a very strong position. And as they come into this game, uh, this is a a chance to really separate themselves. It's a a weird feeling for the Dolphins, or as a Dolphins fan, because the Dolphins are 4-2, and and they sit in a position where if they go 5-2 and and have a win over Baltimore, they would then have wins over Baltimore and Tennessee, a win against the Chargers, and they would have split against the New York Jets. Those are four teams that right now are either four and three or three and four that are right there in the mix a bunch of amongst a bunch of teams in the middle of the AFC. So this would give the Dolphins a huge leg up in the playoff race, especially the wild card race. Granted it's a little bit early, but it's never too early when you start looking at those matchups, the teams that the Dolphins are going to be going up against as they try to make the postseason. To to be three and one in those games would give the Dolphins a huge leg up on those teams. Yet as the Dolphins sit in that position, I don't know if they're very good. And I don't think anybody knows that they're very good. I think most people would around the league would say the Dolphins really haven't looked good. They've pulled out a, a bunch of close victories. But they, they, they've they also been blown out a couple of times. And when you uh, look at point differential, which historically has been the more accurate way of determining how good a team is, the Dolphins actually sit 13th in the conference in point differential. They, Despite being 4-2, and two, they've actually been outscored by their opponents by 20 points. Uh... In uh, contrast, the Baltimore Ravens, who come into this game at 3-4, and four, have a negative 18-point differential. So that's kind of more representative. When you have a point differential like that, you expect that team to be more around 500, maybe a game below 500. The Dolphins sit two games over 500. And look, this is a very winnable game. They come into this game against Baltimore. Baltimore has lost four out of five is riddled with injuries and you know despite being a team that is always capable of beating anybody on any given day because they have a strong defense a strong running game the Baltimore Ravens they they kind of look like a team that's searching for an identity uh they're a team that historically that's what they've been they've been a team that leans on their defense leans on their running game but over the past couple of years we've seen this shift where they've leaned a lot more heavily on Joe Flacco and their passing game. But over the past couple of years, they've lost some weapons each year and they throw the ball a lot. They haven't thrown the ball as much this season, 
But when they do, they've struggled to gain yardage. I mean, Joe Flacco's throwing, you know, completing passes at a really nice percentage. But the Dolphins and the Baltimore Ravens are the bottom two teams in the entire NFL in yards per pass attempt. And they also happen to be the bottom two teams in the NFL in yards per play. These are two of the worst offenses in the NFL so far. And they're two middle-of-the-road defenses that over over stretches of a couple of games at a time have looked like elite defenses, but then over stretches in certain games have looked like very mediocre to below-average defenses. So I think it's fair to say that these are two solid defenses, not elite defenses, but they're two offenses that have been struggling over the course of the year. Now... One offense seems to be moving in the right direction, and that's the Miami Dolphins. After kind of putting it together in the fourth quarter against the Tennessee Titans, and then having a strong second half in their comeback against the Atlanta Falcons, the Dolphins go and put up 31 points against the New York Jets in their victory last week. Meanwhile, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, their offense has been brutal the last few weeks. Uh, really, really struggling in losses to both the Bears and the Vikings. Now, when you play the Vikings, uh, look, that defense will do it to you. The Vikings, one of the truly elite defenses in the league. So it's hard to really gauge how good or bad the Baltimore Ravens are based on a game against the Vikings. And the other loss to the Bears, I mean, they put up some points against the Bears, just not a whole lot of yardage. But that's been a Bears team that over the past few weeks has shown a propensity to play a lot of ball control and play some pretty good defense themselves. So while the Ravens offense has struggled over the last couple of weeks, look, part of it is is due to injuries. They've got some injuries on the offensive line. Their receivers have been banged up. Danny Woodhead, they've been without him for the entirety of the season, basically, because he got hurt in week one. Uh, yeah, some of it is injury-related, but some of it is just, it's just not a very good offense. They're, they're a bit bereft of talent, and that is evident when you look at the fact that their top two wide receivers, who both come in limited participants in practice, both expected to play, but both nursing injuries are Mike Wallace and Jeremy Macklin, two receivers who over the course of their careers have shown to be very productive receivers and capable of being uh, regarded as number one receivers uh, at certain times in their career. At this point, both seem to be on the wrong side of their career, past their prime, and both banged up. It makes it tough for for this offense to keep opposing defenses honest when those are supposed to be your big play guys. Uh, so it should be an interesting matchup to see kind of which team shows up on both sides. Uh, historically, this has been a when when these two teams match up. The Ravens have kind of had their way with the Dolphins because they've been the more physical team. And I I really expect that that's going to be the story of this game because I think, especially when you look at the Dolphins also, uh, with Devontae Parker, we don't know if he's going to play in this game. He was limited a limited participant in practice all week as he's nursing his ankle injury. Neither of these teams have had very many big plays this season. So both teams want to run the ball. Both teams want to play ball control. And... Both teams bottom of the league in yards per play. 
Now, before we get to the keys of the game, we've got a couple of of notes here, uh, especially on the Dolphins' side of the ball. A couple of changes to the starting lineup. Obviously, the big one is Matt Moore in and Jay Cutler out, as Cutler is expected to miss a couple more weeks with the cracked ribs. And so now this is Matt Moore's job. And we're, we're going to get into that in just a second. But also, Anthony Steen, uh, the Dolphins, he's been starting at guard for the Dolphins since the beginning of the season, since since Ted Larson sustained a biceps injury in the preseason. But now Larson is back. And so for the first time all year, the Dolphins will have a fully healthy offensive line, at least, you know, sort of. They're going to be stort- starting their entire uh projected starting lineup, if you will, at offensive line. Uh, it Laramie Tunsil and Mike Pouncey still both nursing injuries, but they will start in this game. So you will, for the first time, get Ted Larson, uh, Jermon Bushrod, Mike Pouncey, and then Tunsil and James at the tackles. Uh, and while it's not exact, while it's not the exact same offensive line because you're missing Brandon Albert, from last year. Last year, if you remember, this was an offensive line that struggled in the first part of the season, the first month or so of the season, uh, because they've had a they had a couple of pieces out, and it, you know, the team as a whole struggled over the first month of the season. And once those guys got healthy, it really changed the Dolphins' season. They began to run the ball and really take over the line of scrimmage and became kind of a whole different team. They kind of found their identity as a power running team. And so now that they have their their full complement of players on the offensive line, they look to have that same effect, that same change as the Dolphins. They want to run the ball, but they've had varying degrees of success uh, in doing so. And now with Matt Moore at quarterback instead of Jay Cutler, you know, some might say that this is an upgrade. Some might say that it's a downgrade. I kind of feel like the fact that some say it's an upgrade and some say it's a downgrade, that kind of tells you what it is. I think they're both very similar. They're both kind of serviceable starting quarterbacks in this league. At one point, Jay Cutler may have been, you know, a top 15 quarterback in this league. Maybe, maybe not. At least, you know, he was viewed that way. He had like a really, he had one really great season in Denver uh, before he was, before he was traded uh, to Chicago. And, and then in Chicago, he, it was really a struggle for him. And he, he did manage the one, you know, decent season with Adam Gase as his offensive coordinator, but it shouldn't be blown out of proportion. It's not like he was, you know, it's it's not like he was Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers in that year. He kind of became a glorified game manager. And honestly, that's what Matt Moore is. Matt Moore is a game manager. And so this is an opportunity to take a question, to answer a question that we received on Twitter from at Dolphins Endzone, who sent us a bunch of of good questions. I can't tackle them all, but uh, I will tackle this one. He says, what if Matt Moore leads the Dolphins to three straight victories? Is this Matt Moore's team? Uh, Is it Matt Moore's job going forward? In a word, yes. I think this is basically 
the opportunity for Matt Moore. This is Matt Moore's job interview for the rest of the season. Uh, Jay Cutler, while he was playing very well last week before he got hurt, hadn't done enough to really just say, this is my job and and nobody can take it, nobody can take it from me. The only reason that this was Jay Cutler's job and there was not this perceived quarterback controversy is because Jay Cutler was signed to a to a big one-year contract in the offseason. He was coaxed out of retirement by this contract and the Dolphins needed to show confidence in Jay Cutler. Uh for him to be the starting quarterback. If they were to bench him and then Matt Moore came in and was unsuccessful, then I think you've basically sabotaged your your season by you know by benching Jay Cutler. Now you've benched Jay Cutler, but you haven't benched him because of performance. You've benched him because of injury. If Matt Moore comes out there and he plays exceptionally well and the Dolphins are scoring points and more importantly the Dolphins are winning games. You cannot bench this guy. Uh, And Jay Cutler, it doesn't matter how Jay Cutler feels about it because at this point, you you, you would have tangible evidence that would say that Matt Moore is better than Jay Cutler and that the team is better with Matt Moore at the helm as opposed to Jay Cutler. Now... Granted, we don't know that that's going to happen, and you know, there's for all we know, the Dolphins could lose three in a row, and you know, for all we know, Matt Moore could play, could basically play just as well or just as poor as Jay Cutler. We don't know. The point is, though, that now we have the chance. What do I expect will happen? From what I saw last week, and from what I saw at the end of last season, what it looks like to me is that it's two things. It's one, it's chemistry with this team and this offense. Matt Moore knows this team's personnel and this team's offense better than Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler may know Adam Gase's offense front and back just as well as Matt Moore, but he doesn't know it with these players. And Adam Gase, on the other hand, he may know Jay Cutler, his strengths and weaknesses really well and he may know them just as well as Matt Moore's but he doesn't know them as well with this personnel grouping and it hurts Jay Cutler who has had a history of performing at his best when he's got big targets to throw to and you see it in the last couple of games that when Jay Cutler throws the ball down the field the guy that he's been targeting in the last couple of weeks in the absence of Devontae Parker has been Julius Thomas Jay Cutler is more comfortable throwing the ball downfield to a bigger receiver. Matt Moore, it doesn't seem to bother Matt Moore to throw the ball down the field to a guy like Kenny Stills. And that helps the Dolphins because without Devontae Parker, and even if Devontae Parker plays, it keeps the defense off balance a little bit. Because if you know that... When Jay Cutler is back there and Devontae Parker is in the game and Kenny Stills is in the game and Jarvis Landry is in the game, that each one has a very defined role that Jarvis Landry is going to run the short route, Kenny Stills is going to run the deep route, but he's not going to be the primary read, and Devontae Parker is going to be the guy that Jay Cutler is looking to throw the ball to, you can shade that safety over to Devontae Parker's side, you can leave Kenny Stills manned up, and you can kind of 
let the linebackers and the corners play up real close to the line and defend against that bubble screen or that little five-yard crossing pass that you know is coming to Jarvis Landry. And so it makes the offense very predictable, and that has been a problem for this offense all season long. And when Matt Moore came in, and granted, look, again, Cutler was having his best game of the year before he got hurt, and actually, statistically, you can make the argument, Jay Cutler played better in this game than Matt Moore did on Sunday. But you did see Matt Moore more willing to throw the ball, uh, does seem to have more of a chemistry with this offense, and I'm excited to see it. I think that the move to Matt Moore helps the offense as a whole because I think it diversifies what they can do. Matt Moore is also a little bit more mobile. He's a little bit more, you know, you know, he's a gunslinger and he's thrown some very costly interceptions and and had some big turnovers. You just have to look at the playoff game last year against Pittsburgh to see that, you know, it's not like Matt Moore is some guy that uh, is well adept at protecting the ball. He's a guy who has had a history of of being a bit turnover prone and in some ways is very similar to Jay Cutler in that he's a bit of a gunslinger. But he's a little bit more mobile. I think he's a little bit more willing to to take a hit and not make a a real errant throw off of his back foot. I think he's got better feet than Cutler. Um he just doesn't have Cutler's arm strength. So there's some throws, those those deep outs and deep ins, those intermediate routes where maybe Matt Moore doesn't if if he's protected and both quarterbacks have the ability to step up and th- and and really step into the throw, he doesn't have quite as much oomph in his throws as a Jay Cutler. So there are some throws that he might not be able to make, but he also has shown that he's a guy that, you know, similar to a to a Chad Pennington, he shows great anticipation in his throws, throws in which the, he can make that throw and put it at a spot where before the receiver even breaks out of his route, the ball's already on its way so that when the receiver does break out of its route, the ball is there and the defense doesn't have that time to react. Uh, That's one of the strengths of Matt Moore. So overall, I do think Matt Moore helps this offense, but I think it's it's minor. I don't think, you know, you're, you're not going from you know, bottom quarterback in the league to all of a sudden top 10 quarterback in the league. And because of that, it's going to take us into our first key of the game. And that is the team that runs the ball is going to win this game because both of these offenses have struggled to throw the ball, at least throw the ball downfield. Like I said before, both of these teams, bottom two teams in the league in yards per pass attempt at 4.3 yards per attempt, both like to throw the short pass, um, Kind of, maybe an indictment of the receivers. I think it's more an indictment of the receivers, at least on the Baltimore side of the ball, because a guy like Joe Flacco has a history of being one of the deep, one of the best deep throwers in the game, and for some reason, is not throwing the ball deep or just not having very much success throwing the ball deep. And I think that's just because, like I said, with Mike Wallace and Jarvis Landry, these two guys, I mean, not Jarvis Landry, Jeremy Macklin, these two guys kind of over the hill a little bit on the back ends of their career are not the deep threats that they once were. And because of it, 
uh, it's really changed this Baltimore offense. And you know what the Dolphins offense has been without Devontae Parker in the game. I do think, you know, again, Parker's a game-time decision. And if he plays, I think he really, really, really is a big help. Even if he's just there as a decoy, he's someone that Baltimore absolutely has to pay attention to in the secondary. But Baltimore has had a very good pass defense, one of the best secondaries in the league. Uh, And if there's a spot where Baltimore has struggled this year, it's defending the run. And so both of these teams want to run the ball because both teams have struggled to run the ball. Baltimore has had more success stopping the pass than the run. The Dolphins have had more success stopping the run than the pass. That means I give a slight edge to Baltimore. However, I think that Baltimore, I mean, I think that Miami with, uh, with Ted Larson back in the lineup, I think this is a chance for the Dolphins to really get that running game churning. Matt Moore uh, is also a much better play-action quarterback than Jay Cutler. And so if the Dolphins can get that running game going, I, I think they can they can build some play-action off of it, get some big plays that way. Uh, so I think there are some opportunities, but they absolutely need to run the ball. And for Baltimore, they absolutely need to run the ball too. Uh, because they just simply have had very little success throwing the ball, which is going to take us to key number two of the game, which is Baltimore throwing the deep ball. While they have struggled at it this year, they have shown signs, at least over the last couple of weeks, of trying to get the ball deep and doing it not with Mike Wallace, not with Jeremy Mackley, not with Jeremy Macklin, but here's a name for you to keep an eye on coming into this game. Chris Moore over last week only one player and that was Amari Cooper received more deep targets than Chris Moore who received four deep targets in last week's game now that's not just important because this is the guy that Baltimore is going to try to throw the ball too deep it's also important because over the last couple of weeks the Dolphins have given up some big plays in the pass game Last week, they they gave up three or four big passing plays, uh, whether it was Jermaine Curse or uh, or Bobby Anderson. You know, Josh McCown. You know, kind of kind of took that secondary to school and and had some big plays, especially in the first half, throwing the ball downfield against this Dolphins secondary. And if you remember the week before, while the defense overall played a great game and they really cleaned things up in the second half, the Dolphins also gave up that long pass to, uh, again, his name escapes me, the practice squad player from the Atlanta Falcons in the second quarter of that game or the first quarter of that game. Uh, It was like a 50 or 60 yard bomb. So the Dolphins over the past couple of weeks have shown a propensity to give up the long pass. So keep an eye on on the Baltimore Ravens, Chris Moore, the Dolphins need to prevent that, uh, that deep ball for the Baltimore Ravens. Finally, key number three, the Dolphins have to start fast in this game. The Baltimore Ravens are three and four. In their three wins, the Baltimore Ravens have not trailed. They, they got a lead, they played from ahead, and they made the opposing team one-dimensional. 
And that really feeds to the strength of this Baltimore defense, which is their pass defense. It's their pass rush. It's their secondary. They both play off of each other. Uh, Terrell Suggs, when he gets to pin his ear back, pin his ears back, is one of the premier pass rushers in this game. And uh, Laramie Tunsil will have his hands full. If they move Suggs over to the other side, Jawan James will have his hands full. Uh, both... Both tackles will have their hands full with, with what is a pretty good Baltimore pass rush and a Baltimore defensive line. In Baltimore's four losses, in three of the four, they never led. They fell behind and allowed the other team to stick to their game plan of running the ball. And when the other team is able to run the ball, uh, you know that's not the strength of this Baltimore defense. Uh, so... And, and in Baltimore's fourth loss, which was last week, uh, they they did lead at one point three to nothing. But then they gave up a, on the ensuing drive a field goal to tie the game, and then never took another lead and played behind for much of that game as well. So, although the Dolphins over the past couple of weeks have had some very big comebacks. Uh, two weeks ago they were down seventeen to Atlanta. Last week they were down fourteen to the Jets. This is not something, I mean, that's not a formula for winning. Uh, most of the time, if you're down two touchdowns, you are going to lose. Against this team, it is almost a a surefire way of losing. As Baltimore, if you fall behind them by two touchdowns, uh, that, that is when their defense is really at their most dangerous. And that's where I think this game could get out of hand. So again, I think... It's, it's very key for the Dolphins to play some ball control, to run the ball well, to establish that running game early. And if they can, play with a lead or at least don't fall behind by more than one score. Because I believe if they fall behind by two scores, this is a game that could get out of hand early. So, it is prediction time. Two struggling offenses, although the Dolphins offense seems to have maybe right of the ship, and maybe with a healthy offensive line and Matt Moore at quarterback, they are trending in the right direction. The Baltimore Ravens may be trending in the wrong direction and have a ton of injuries on the offensive side of the ball. Really, the whole team. But this game is in Baltimore. It is a Thursday night game. And this is a game that just has the makings of two teams that are pretty middle of the road and if the Dolphins win, they go to 5-2. And, and if the Ravens lose, they go to 3-5. And, and it just feels like the Ravens should be 4-4 four and four and the Dolphins should be 4-3 and three at the end of this. And historically, this has been a rivalry that when these two teams have played, the more physical team has won. And Baltimore has historically been the more physical team. Now, right now, Baltimore is running the ball better than the Dolphins. But with Alex Collins and Javorius Buck Allen, I don't know that it's a real physical running game. It's kind of a, you know, both of those guys do most of their damage out of the passing game, you know, as receivers out of the backfield. And I, I don't really see them as this great between the tackles running team. Whereas the Dolphins, we know Jay Ajayi is as physical a runner as you will find. So I think the Dolphins will have a little bit of success running the ball. But I also worry that uh, they may struggle a little bit against 
against the Ravens, particularly if the Ravens are able to get that deep ball to Chris Moore. When you look at the numbers... To me, this feels like the Dolphins should go in there when you look at the the intangibles of the injury, when you look at the way the teams have played over the past couple of weeks, kind of the way things have been trending. I want to pick Miami, but it just feels like a same old Dolphins kind of game, which would say the Dolphins come in with all the momentum, tough conference road game against a team that, you know, maybe they feel they should beat, even though Vegas has them as a three-point underdog. I think Vegas has this one right. I think that we're looking at a you know a relatively low scoring game. I think we see a close game and a close game has bode well for the Dolphins over the past years. They've now won 12 in a row decided by 7 or less. I think that streak finally comes to an end this week. I've got the Baltimore Ravens winning this game 20 to 17 Baltimore. So, that's the prediction. I hope that I'm wrong. We'll see what happens. Hopefully we'll have a show for you recorded either Sunday night or Monday so that it can be up at the latest Tuesday because I know by Wednesday you guys are ready to turn the page and look forward to the next week. Uh, But for Josh, who is celebrating his birthday, and I say happy birthday to Josh one more time, go ahead if if you're listening to this, tweet out at Amplified to Rock. Tweet him a happy birthday. Give him a, give him your best birthday wishes. And hopefully the Dolphins will be 4-0 on October 26th at the end of tonight. Even though I'm picking the Ravens, I'm still rooting for the Dolphins. Let's go Dolphins. See you all next week.